Greetings, Quester. The Meddlesome Meeples present Tome Talk with Richard and Matt. Welcome to this segment of Tome Talk. Now, in recent weeks, we've talked about historical fiction, we've talked about non-fiction. Mm-hmm. Now, we're bringing it back to science fiction. Yes. And Richard's going to talk to us, not about this book, but about this book's predecessor, which is Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. Yes. So we've Richard, had to tell have us a... about that. Yeah, okay. Yep. We had a, we've got a stand-in book here, which is Caliban's War, the second one. But yeah, I read Leviathan Wakes while I was away on holiday. So I just had a, a week to kind of relax and just read this book. It's quite long. Um, about, well, I can't remember how many pages, but um, it just pretty much flew by this book because it is so it has such a lot of pace in it um, and a lot of action. And it's a while since I've read such a, a long book that had so many um, like surprising moments mm. that kind of kept you. Like wanting to read the next chapter all the time, even though there's like I don't know sixty chapters or whatever. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that book, and I thought I definitely have to talk about that in Tome Talk. But I also thought at the same time, um, I think my sister would like it, so <laughs> I passed it on to her when I got back from holiday. So that's why it's not here. It's because it's great, and I needed somebody else to read it. So <laughs> it's not. And a, really, Tome yeah. Talk is all about helping people to find reading recommendations it so is it's yeah. in the spirit of tome talk isn't it it is really yes so um you may have seen the expanse on netflix and that is what this book series is so um the series itself is called the expanse the first book is leviathan wakes and i think pretty much by now they've, they've done series two on netflix so i think that will be the whole of that first book mm. Um, there is a series three commissioned, isn't there? As far as I know. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, I think that there is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had watched series one by the time I read the book, and uh, well, I started reading the book like a while after. I think season two was about to come out when I read it, but um, I soon noticed that I'd got to the middle of the book and got to the point where the series one ended. Mm. So I thought, oh, okay, season two is going to be <laughs> the uh, second half of this book. So. Like we said, it's uh, it's sci-fi. Um, it is fairly hard sci-fi, so there's not much craziness in there. Although there's a lot of weird things that happen, obviously, and um, like I say, a lot of action and a lot of uh, interesting things. But the science is mostly very real. Mm. Um, when they're travelling around in the ships, um, they are weightless in the ships. There's no gravity plating like in Star Trek or anything anything weird like that. You are just floating around unless the ship's moving, in which case you uh, get some kind of forces acting on you. And they tend to, when they're flying around in the solar system, rather than say what speed they're going at, they say uh, how much gravity they get from the speed. How many Gs? Fake gravity. Yeah. yeah, how many Gs they're pulling. So if they're going to just kind of go quite leisurely, it'll be 0.5 G. Um anything over 1g is getting pretty weird and uh, there is a certain speed at which they all have to strap in and the ship actually injects them with drugs to make sure they well make sure the captain and pilot at least stay awake Mm. 
And for everybody, make sure they don't get horrible blood clots and die. I do think that if you're travelling at such a speed that you have to get injections to prevent death <laughs> and to keep you conscious, yeah. I think perhaps we shouldn't be travelling at those speeds. Yeah, well, this is, uh, <laughs> if yeah, someone this says is to thing. me, you know, would you like a car that you can drive at 150 miles an hour safely? I'd go, mm. yeah, thank you. Yeah. If someone says, would you like a car that you're going to have to inject yourself with drugs to stay alive in? I, I, you know what? I'll take a taxi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go to more leisurely pace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so obviously it's only in like uh, military type situations where you need to get somewhere before someone else gets somewhere. So that's when they're going to be doing this. And uh, and if they're running away from a massive Martian battleship, that kind of thing, obviously um, having to have an injection is better than getting blasted into radioactive vapor. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. that is that. W- there are people that would disagree with you. Well, you just got to weigh priorities, really. And, and there are people that would rather die than have a needle. There are actually, yeah. So, yeah. But if you're the only person on the ship, <laughs> no, I demand we all die instead of this. Yeah. I respect your right to refuse the needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose you just have to get squashed in the chair at that yeah. point. Wouldn't you, really? so. so yeah. Um, it is all set within the solar system. Which is one of the things that's quite unusual about this, isn't it? Because yeah. most sci-fi is either on Earth, mm-hmm. contained on Earth, or quite a sprawling in- intergalactic travel type like, situation. Yeah, like a know, massive a, space empire or yeah. something. Yeah, but this is when we have... It's said on the, I don't think it says on the back of this one, but on the back of Leviathan Waits, it says something like, um, we've colonised the solar system, but the stars are still out of our reach. Mm. And I think that's just a really good way of putting it. So it's mostly about mining civilizations that are in the asteroid belt. Mm. Um, particularly, most of it is set on Ceres, which you may know is a quite a big asteroid there. Of almost course, a dwarf planet. Of course yeah. who, who doesn't know that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and then there is some other quite ghastly action that takes place on another one called Eros. Now, and that sounds like somewhere where, where ghastly things would happen. <laughs> yeah, and actually, as I said, I, I, I gave the book to my sister and she texted me a few days ago and said um, she's had to put it in the freezer as a <laughs> it's just a friend's reference obviously goes in the to, fridge basically when uh, when the books become a bit too harrowing <laughs> and uh, yeah she's at the point where they're on this other asteroid Eros and yeah it gets pretty grim at that point I'd actually forgotten how grim it got at that point and I said <laughs> oh yeah sorry <laughs> but um, I'm sure she'll get over that and then uh, but don't be put off readers or well, I mean that's quite a good point actually but um it is like some people like a bit of kind of horror mm. as well. Um, it, it just depends how sensitive you are and everything. Like I say, does, it, is, does this come with a trigger warning? I think it does on. The, yeah, no, not on the back. It does anyway. Yeah, but um, no, no. If you, if you're used to kind of sci-fi and everything, it, it won't be won't be too bad. Or if you, uh, yeah, if you read kind of fantasy and things like that, it's just you, you never know what's going to um, be what different people are going to be particularly sensitive to kind of thing, but. Yeah, um, a lot of interesting uh, things happen to the main characters, one of which is called Holden, and he is the classic kind of... Well, I would say the classic kind of space hero. He is basically the hero of it. Mm. He's a, um, He is very strong in his opinions of what's right and sometimes ends up screwing up the whole of the solar system because of it, <laughs> you know. Um, it's more of a, an idealist yeah. rather than... Um, what's practical yeah rather than a pragmatist the other main character miller is a private investigator 
well, no, no, he's an actual detective. That's it. And but he's kind of got obsessed with this one assignment. So he just seems like a very hard-boiled PI kind of guy um, who drinks a lot and uh, talks about his ex-wife, that kind of thing. And it, it's just very interesting to have and that kind of... they didn't cast Nathan Fillion for that role? No, surprisingly. Uh, but um, no, he would have been way too happy for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just interesting to have that kind of character in space. Uh, that's one of the things I really enjoyed. Because mm. obviously I first, I first found out all these things from watching the series. Mm. And then... In the book, obviously, it's a bit more detailed. So but... did you... Where, where did you come to this first? Was it through Leviathan Wakes or through the TV series? The TV series. Yeah, and I saw that on Netflix. How do you feel that the TV series stacks up with the book? And do you feel that if someone, you know, has watched the, the TV series, that it's worth them reading the book or vice versa? Um, I definitely think it's worth reading the book. Um, because... I know often people will say the book is better, kind of thing. I just think the book is a, the themes are a little bit clearer in the book. That's all I'll, I'll say, really. They did really well with the TV program, I thought. Um, obviously, they had to change a few things to make it visually like, doable, basically. Um, you mentioned to me before that one of the things that was different was the way that uh, one of the races, particularly Holden's race... Oh, no, no, sorry, it's quite, Miller. Miller's Miller. race. Yeah, so different. he grew up on Ceres, well, in the asteroid belt anyway. So in the TV series, they've got it that he grew up in a bit of gravity, I think, so he's not quite as tall as the belters normally are. So these people are still human, but they grew up in zero gravity. Uh, obviously, they, they consider themselves to be a completely different culture. But, yeah, there are some of these people in the TV series, but... Obviously, they look very strange. I think they've had to use CGI for it. And it would be very weird to have a main character like that. So Miller is... He does look a bit more... He just looks like a normal guy, really. He is quite tall. So what you're saying is that when it comes to depictions of male characters, body image is more accurate rather than the tall, willowy... uh, Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten what you... Yeah, yeah. I'm so trying to follow if, that, yeah. If, 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 it was a, if it was a woman, it would have this totally unrealistic depiction based on the books, but because it's a man, mm. it gets to look normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, um, no, I think... Actually, actually, coming to think of it, I don't think... I don't think you could get um, any actor to look like the belters are described. Um, I think you would have to do it with weird... Painfully kind of... tall and thin. Yeah, you're not, yeah. You're not a football fan, but Peter Crouch... Yeah, that's, that's one of them, yeah. I mean, there's a, a point in the book where they... I think it's where Miller is wondering if Holden's going to punch him or not, and he, he's kind of thinking, like, I've got... I'm, like, a foot taller than this guy, but he's got, like, 30 pounds on me, kind of thing. So at that point, I thought, how flipping tall and thin is Miller? That's ridiculous, but... Um, and does he yeah, want to work for Victoria's Secret? <laughs> yeah. I think you you have to watch the series to see how extreme these <laughs> these belters actually are. But yeah, th- this is the other thing when I say about the themes being clearer in the book. The book is set entire almost entirely out in the belt. Um, there aren't any scenes on Earth or on Mars, which are the main two inner planets that they're kind of that there's tensions between them and and the asteroid belt. So you do kind of get a sense of like the belt is kind of disconnected mm. from their origins back on Earth and from all the uh, newfangled stuff on Mars. And, yeah, they tend to talk about people having grown up down the well, which is like down the gravity well, and they just can't really understand the the point of view 
of people that have never had their air and water for free mm. as they live in the belt and um yeah that comes across very clearly in the book i remember being a little bit confused about what people's motivations were when i was watching the series so because there were some scenes set on earth and it just um, there's a few characters that are in this book that they have like in leviathan wakes in the uh in the tv series so they've kind of mixed it up a little bit yeah. which is fine and um some of one character that i really liked in leviathan wakes was amos and he is this um engineer who is very competent doesn't talk much but you give him well he swears a lot actually but you, you give him a uh ask him to do something he'll just do it mm. whether it's can you fix that thing over there or can you abandon us all and just take that <laughs> ship away like he would he would just say i captain and just kind of do it and you kind of like him as as you go along because mm. like he is so reliable and everything in the book like he was just kind of like that in the series they've got it where he is kind of fiercely loyal fiercely loyal to this i think it's lieutenant um naomi so they kind of get the same kind of character but like in a different way and i think it's uh I think that's kind of good. It's kind of a little bit of a shortcut in the series, I think, but it, uh, I think that works really well. Um, so the kind of things that end up happening were very unexpected, I thought, in Leviathan Wakes. And with it being such hard sci-fi, I didn't expect there to be quite so many crazy 90-degree turns in the story. Mm. So I just think if somebody wanted some hard sci-fi but also kind of epic as well. I think that Leviathan Wakes would be a very good book to go for. So it is a space opera, but as we've said, contained in the not too incredibly distant future. Yeah. And I think it does really well at having a sense of what it's like to actually exist in space because they haven't really civilised it yet. Mm. But it's far enough in the future that there is a lot of interesting stuff happening out there. I mean, it's not like just like well, obviously it's it, the Martian is good, but like it's just that's one guy on Mars. But this is um, like there being civilizations, terrorist organizations, and things all out in the solar system, and really you get an appreciation of how vast it actually is. You tend to think of like oh, there's so many planets in the solar system i'm not going to get in the controversy of how many planets i know that's a sore point <laughs> for some people that's but... quite touchy for some people <laughs> yeah hashtag pluto <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah d- just the amazing dis- distances like where you are having to fly at like 5g speeds for weeks to get from the asteroid belt to the nearest planet i mean mm. just thinking of those kind of distances when you we're used to watching star trek and they just kind of zip between places because they've got warp travel but like yeah, it's um, it is a very interesting read, and I think people enjoy, for one thing, the setting, mm. but also the actual story of kind of conspiracy and characters, but all trying to do things that are what is right, but in different ways. One of the things I was going to say about Miller perception. is that their yeah, their perceptions. Right. That's it. So Holden's a very idealist character. Miller is very pragmatic, and that kind of a clash is very interesting, I think. And also, oh, yeah. they they alternate between the, the chapters alternate between these two characters. So for a while, they're in completely different settings, but when they meet up, 
it's quite interesting because like there'll be a scene that's from Holden's point of view and then maybe halfway through a conversation it kind of changes chapter and then you get the second half of it from Miller's point of view and you're thinking like what's this little guy on about <laughs> like, it's, it's quite interesting when that things like yeah that, that kind of thing so I thought it was quite interesting writing so I'm looking forward to reading not only Caliban's War but the other I, I kind of assumed it was a, a trilogy but mm. actually <laughs> there are a lot of these books I'm looking forward to um, taking my time with them, really, and just um, enjoying this this kind of universe. I say universe, this solar system they've <laughs> invented, and it'll be interested if they actually do get to any other stars or anything. They've done enough books, so maybe. So there we are. Richard's recommending this one. James S.A. Corey, Leviathan Wakes. Leviathan hits the snooze button. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.